Hello and welcome to the Moonshots podcast. It's episode 214. I'm your co-host, Mike Parsons, and as always, I'm joined by Mark Pearson Freeland. Good morning, Mark. Good morning, Mike. Good morning, listeners and members. Boy, are we kicking off our brand new series with somebody who's pretty much a household name, Mike, and somebody who I know is going to bring some fascinating, insightful, and helpful tips into our lives, wouldn't you say? I would agree. I think she's absolutely cleaning it up. (laughs) Very, very good. A good unscripted joke there. I like that a lot. So listeners and members, today we are kicking off a brand new series. This series will be on Japan. So you can imagine some serious life lessons coming through our next few shows. But in order to kick us off right and kick us off on the foundation of cleanliness and productivity is none other than Marie Kondo. Now, Marie Kondo is a self-confessed cleaning consultant who takes tidying and cleanliness to a whole new level. She's created and organized her tips and methods into the Marie method, which some of us may know whether you've read her first book, her second book, or even watched her TV show on Netflix. There's a lot of information and recommendations that Marie has made, not only publicly and across her books and television appearances, but also what you and I will dive into today on Moonshot Show 214. I think it is fantastic to start the Japan series. We're, uh, I think, pretty warning for all of our listeners. We're pretty massive Japan fans. What do they call them? J- Japanophytes? I can't, I don't know. We love all things Japanese and uh, we're going to be digging into Ikigai, Kaizen, but today it is all about Marie Kondo. Today it is all about creating order. And this is going to help you reduce stress in your digital and physical lives. This is all about putting your energy where it wants to go. And that is to doing new things, growing, developing, learning out loud even. So let's get rid of the chaos. Let's not give in to this world where our inboxes and devices are full of digital goodies you know, acquiring stuff in the house is just way too easy. Shopping is just too easy. Things can be on your door that same day. It's time to create order, put things away where they belong, even challenge the idea, should you even have it in your house at all? These are all the opportunities we have in this show to learn from Marie Kondo, to get things sorted. And I cannot tell you how essential it is. Like, just think about it. Mark, if we were about to go deep and work for three hours straight, the first thing we would do is go, right, let's clean up the desk and get organized. Well, get ready, everyone, because we are going to get organized in all facets, thanks to Marie Kondo. So, Mark, I think we should tear into it. Yeah, I totally agree. Let's open up the bags. Let's get in and try and tidy up our house, but also our minds and find a way to create that calm motivated mindset that only organization can bring. So let's hear, first of all, from Marie Kondo herself, break down her focus and how she's trying to organize the world. Hello, everyone. I'm Marie Kondo. I feel honored to be standing here on such a wonderful stage today. Everyone at Southwest Southwest is talking about big things. 
but I would like to talk about something even bigger. My grandmother. My grandmother lived in Miyazaki, a very peaceful place in Japan. Her house is not big, and she did not own anything especially nice. But she took very good care of her things. Her house was always clean and tidy. Even inside her drawers were beautifully organized. And just like her house, her presence was simple and beautiful. She never got angry, no matter what happened. She was gentle. I admired her very much. She would always tell me, value what cannot be seen from the outside. Normally, people can't see inside your house. However, the way you organize the area and how to treat your belongings will greatly affect your way of thinking. More than we imagine, whether our house is tidy or not has a great impact on our life. Hiding is a big thing. Now, I'd like to ask you a question. Is your house tidy? <laughs> if your answer is no, don't worry. I can help you. Oh, Mark, what, uh, just how appropriate is it to hear from Marie Kondo as we start this? And I mean, how can you not love her? She is just smart. She's so gentle. Like you just want to invite her over to your house and say, please help me clean up my life, Marie. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And I, I think what's great about hearing that intro from Marie Kondo is you're starting to see that passion that she really has towards this, this method and this system that we're going to be uncovering on today's show, Mike, uh, isn't it? You know, she's really clearly enthusiastic about helping others, whether it's her family, her friends, or you and I, as well as our listeners, understand what are the correct processes and uh, steps to go through in order to, you know, identify what you do and don't want to keep as well as just create a bit of order in your life. Because as Marie Kondo is calling out, her grandmother never got angry. That seems like a trait that I think we'd all want to try and emulate, Mike. So if we can find guidance, steps towards living a life that is motivated, productive, efficient, um, we stay on course with the, the tasks and the goals that we mm. have. I think we owe it to ourselves to explore what, those recommended methods and strategies are because like we know from James Clear, it's 1% better every day. If you can adopt some of these teachings from Marie Kondo in order to 
tidy up your desk, your life. I mean, it all sounds pretty attractive to me. So, I mean, I think Marie's already set me off, Mike. I'm already ready to <laughs> put on the feather, put on my feather dusters and get going. Well, I think that is, is only just the beginning. And I think the, the exciting thing that I think Marie Kondo gives us is some simple habits and tools. So James Clear would be very happy as well. But it is when nobody is looking. And what I think Marie Kondo alluded to there is something super important is that, you know, we often let ourselves down by making our home or our desk things that people don't see we let it get messy. And, you know, mm. it's that classic thing when you've got friends coming over for a dinner party. What's the first thing you do? You have to clean the whole house and exactly. get everything organized. So that tells you that there's a sort of a distortion gap there that maybe we should be setting ourselves up so if friends are coming over for dinner, there's not really that much tidying up to do because you already have a tidy home. Mm. And it sh- surely is a hint that we could all do a better job whether that's creating order, getting rid of some old stuff, organizing things better, creating order, peace of mind, perhaps even entertaining a little joy. That's all ahead for us. And if you need some extra joy in your life, I mean, the first place you got to start, Mark, would be, I don't know, let's say becoming a member of the Moonshots podcast. What think you? Oh, I think you're totally right, Mike. And I think the book of Marie Kondo, The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying, is an appropriate um, call out for our members who I know will make life-changing decisions every day by supporting the Moonshots podcast and our master series. So please give a warm-hearted welcome to Bob, John, Terry, Marjoline, Ken, Dietmar, Marjan, Connor, Yasmin, Lisa, Sid, and Mr. Bonjour, all of our members who have been with us for more than 12 months, a whole 12 months of keeping Moonshot ready. But shortly on their tails include Paul and Berg, Kalman and David, Joe, Crystal, Ivo and Christian, Samuela, Kelly, Barbara and Andre, Matthew, Eric, Abby and Chris, Deborah, Lasse, Steve and Craig, Javi, Daniel, Andrew and Ravi. We've got Evert, LGV, Karen and Raul, PJ, Nikawara, Ola and Ingram, Dirk, Emily, Harry and Karthik, Venkata, Vinpara, Marco and Sundus, Jet, Pablo, Roger and brand new member, Steph as well. Thank you everybody for your continued support. We're so grateful you're helping us keep our lives in order, in check, particularly our moonshots lives. So we are really grateful for the support. It means uh, the world to us that we're creating enough value in your world so that you can provide a little value in our world. So thank you ever so much. And I think if you were to ask yourself, where can we start in finding the value in the thinking, the ideas of Marie Kondo, where can we go to? I think it's, you know, Step number one is to get life organized and in particular, looking at the space that you're in and how to think about that. So we have this great clip now, which is uh, Mari and uh, the television network ABC going in and really uh, revealing to us how we can save time and space and helping others. 
A busy family of four, their two-bedroom home is chock full of baby clothes. I mean, overflowing. And loads of hand-me-downs. I could clothe an entire small country. Some people say it takes a village. You could just raise yeah, a village. Exactly. <laughs> How do you feel when you walk into your home right now? A little chaotic. A little stress. Yeah, there might be a little anxiety. Are you ready to get rid of things? I am ready. We need to simplify. We need to simplify our things and therefore simplify our life. Hi, good morning. Hi. I'm Mary. So they've turned to organizing guru Marie Kondo, the queen of clean. With her best-selling books and viral videos, Kondo has become the face of the much-hyped declutter movement, helping millions rid their homes of overflow by keeping only the items that spark joy. A professional cleaning consultant by trade with a three-month waiting list, Kondo has become a folding phenom. Her unique method spurring viral videos that are irresistible, almost hypnotic. Here she is folding undies for New York Magazine, shirts for Vogue, her publisher out with a how-to video for all those folding feats. Fans obsessed with lighter living calling themselves hashtag converts, sharing their declutter triumphs on Instagram and Twitter. And today, the titan of tidy is bringing some of that declutter magic to New York, helping the Freedmans finally find that balance they so desperately desire. Step one, Marie begins her process by greeting the home, her way of letting the space know she's there to begin tidying up. Next, with the help of her translator, we get to work. Hello. Sorting through clothes and keeping only the items that spark joy. Does this spark joy? Can you feel the joy? Yeah. Don't mind me. <laughs> Get to work, Marnie. You've got stuff to do. Joy sparking. <laughs> Kondo even suggests thanking clothes you've decided to part with. Thank you, really cute sweatpants. Thank you, orange velour pants that we've never worn. Once our mountain of kids' clothes has been reduced to a molehill, we tackle her most famous organizing trick, the KonMari folding method. Some folding 101, by folding clothes in half or in thirds, Kondo says you should end up with a rectangle that stands up by itself, helping save space and stay organized. Someone who doesn't need Kondo's help, Hello. Rishma Yakub, who calls herself a compulsive declutterer. Clutter is not just paper and objects. It's anything that interferes with your serenity. Her Maryland home is immaculate, despite housing two growing boys. One of the things that's really important to me is for the eye to have a place to rest. Everywhere that there's a thing, it takes your energy to look at it, to clean behind it, to manage it. Here, you won't find a coffee table in the living room or photos on the wall. I feel like I don't need photographs to see the people that I love. They're right in front of me. Her cupboards are neatly packed. Her fridge tidy in and out. Have you ever had that moment where you like reach behind a bunch of things and you're like, oh man, I really wanted to eat that and now it's gone bad. That just doesn't happen here. But in her son Zach's room, his trophies are displayed proudly and one major compromise. If it was up to him, every wall in this house, in his room would be covered. But we agreed that just one wall would have things on it. Whatever he wants can go on this wall. So he has put up 
whatever makes him happy right there. Your environment should be an expression of who you are. If somebody needs to live in an environment that is completely free of anything, then maybe that's what they need in order to think creatively, in order to get work done. Everybody is different. Rishma says her clutter-free style is all part of healthy living, getting rid of the material things so she can focus on what matters. I like to be able to look around my home and not be reminded of 50 things that I need to do. All the things that I need to do are written on a list where they belong. Sometimes all of our stuff can really drag us down and keep us weighted. And our brain functions better when our surroundings are neat and organized and filled with things that we can feel good about. Back at the Freedmans, our sorting, purging, and folding is finally done. Items placed neatly in drawers or closets. So how much easier is it with the standing up method? and so much more fit in that drawer. Morning, now that you've gotten this figured out, does this inspire you to apply it across the house? It does. It makes it feel doable and not so daunting. So not so daunting, Mike, as a lot of us probably think it is when we are planning to remove chaos, stress, anxiety in our house. You know, these sound like big achievements, don't they? But the truth Mm. is, as we're hearing from Mary Kondo, as well as, you know, a couple of the families that she was benefiting in that particular appearance on TV, it does bring so much clarity and reassurance that your house is not quite as, you know, maybe chaotic as, as you thought it was. I thought particularly the statement, removing items from your, let's call it eyeline and your house, and instead all the things that you've got to do put it into where they belong, put it into a list, put it into a strategy time block, maybe when you're going to go and work on it, but don't have half completed projects or stuff lying around that then quite naturally, and I do this all the time, you get distracted by, you know, particularly when you're working from home, it's much more challenging, isn't it? When you're walking around and you think, oh, I really need to repair, I don't know, that plant pot, or I really need to throw out all of these old clothes. It totally takes you away from the work that you had in mind, the work that you wanted to give your full bandwidth towards. And I think it's, it's a really clear recommendation that we heard in that clip just then, which is to keep yourself focused, maintain some clarity, as well as you know perhaps feel more relaxed. Remove the stuff, remove the things that are in your way in order to have a little bit more, let's say, freedom in the way that you think. Let's do a little workshop together now then, Mark. Let's actually Mm. apply this um, to our workspaces. So we know, you know, the the, the classic uh, wardrobe story of if you haven't worn it in a year, you should give it to Goodwill, right? Mm. Well, let's see if we can work out a way to take Marie Kondo's thinking here, which seems to be getting rid of things that you are not using, that don't bring you joy, and then organizing things more efficiently. So I want you to look around your your desk right now and your workspace right now. What do you see around you that you might identify as something that you don't use very much or that doesn't really serve you well for your work, Mark. Have a, have a look around top to bottom yeah, in the, around yeah. you. I've got, I've got a, perhaps too many, too many items, Mike. Mm-hmm. Um, but one, one particular example is 
I've got some empty photo frames on one of my shelves, Hmm. which probably have been there for more than a few months. And they're there to, you know, let's say put up anything on the walls and so on. But the truth is I don't have anything that I want to put up on the wall. So instead these empty frames are sitting there. They're not doing anything. They're not all they're doing is taking up space and also reminding me that I've got to do something about them. You know, whenever my eyes land on them, I think, oh yeah, the frames. I need to do something with those. <laughs> and it it's distracting. Yeah. And I have the same. So I have a little kitchenette um in my studio. So I've got some dirty glasses. I've got an old little coffee packet here. Um, I've even got, um, some, uh, VR Oculus, um, glasses sitting on my speaker, which is a bit distracting. And I've got the box to the side there, things that should be, um, stored away Mm. are there and distracting me. And that's just like doing a little audit, isn't it? Of, is it useful? Is it, uh, helpful? Does it really need to be there? And I, I believe so much can be gained from one, not compromising on leaving the dirty cup or leaving the empty photo frame. Like yes. to me, to me, that's like what Marie Kondo is saying is you know, basically you only get to those things when someone's coming over, but Correct. you're important. You've got to like, this is self-care, like start getting on top of that stuff. So if you're looking around, let's think of what, let's try and imagine, Mark, what our listeners, as they're sitting at their workspace, what they might find. So what do you think are some of the the usual culprits of distraction and chaos and mess? I'm going to start by saying, if you're like uh, Bridie, our producer, she loves a good printout. She has a lot of printouts all around her. And sometimes I think that causes her a little bit of stress. What else mm-hmm. comes to your mind, Mark, and what you might think other people, maybe our listeners and our members experience around their workspace? Well, I, th- I think similar to, to how Bridie ha- will have the printouts, um, you know, in our house, we often stack our letters that we receive that need action. For example, maybe it's health insurance, maybe something to do with a car. We'll stack it on one of the desks so that we'll come back to it when we're ready. But that's not a good technique either because all it's doing is providing that daily reminder, oh, we still need to do that. Right. And that behavior, I think, for all of us is, again, super distracting because it's taking up space on the desk. I can see it right now. But also it's reminding us constantly that there is something that's hanging over our heads. And exactly as you've just said, why do we compromise? Why don't we prioritize ourselves in the environment that we work in and live in <laughs> often and, and make it that much tidier? So I reckon there's a lot of listeners and members out there who are probably thinking, oh yeah, I've got a stack of bills and a stack of to-do lists that I've got to do that I could make more efficient. Exactly. Uh, what, about, what about cables? Yeah. Cabling, like cable management, that is a great one. Um, I, I would even go this far, Matt. I am, I actually sent you a photo of my desk. And one of the things this morning, one of the things you'll notice about that 
is there's very little stuff on the desk. I mean, mm. other than like the mouse, the keyboard, there's not a lot on there because I use drawers and organizers to get as much as I physically can off the desk mm. and into drawers. So I like to think of unless something is like of a high frequency of usage, like hourly or at least two, three times a day, that thing goes in a drawer. So I have a notebook, which often gets used in my mornings, right? And mm-hmm. sometimes when I'm on a call, I'll actually handwrite stuff, but for the most part, I'll, I'll put things directly into my digital to-do list. So my notepad and pen go in a drawer. They do not sit on my desk. They don't sit on my desk. And that is very intentional to declutter. Mm, very sensible. Only well, you bring know, things out when you need them. Yeah, that's right. And and it just, I cannot tell you how much, you know, a lot of our listeners will be familiar with this minimalist movement, which intersects nicely with Marie Kondo. I think the order means you can take a breath and your mind doesn't have things to occupy it, like the mm. infamous list of bills from health insurance or something <laughs> for the car that you have marked. And, but think about this, even that small thing of you looking at that frame that doesn't have the photo in it. Yeah. That's, that's some, like it might be minuscule, but it's such a great example of how these things um, chip away at our energy. And we've only got a, a finite amount of energy. So we want to devote that to the things that matter, not thinking about photo frames and dirty cups. <laughs> right? It is funny, isn't it? When, when we can draw a, this comparison, Mike, between some of the other shows we've done on the Moonshot show with productivity, with um, staying focused, you know, even somebody like David Goggins, whose new book just came out that we did a show on a couple of weeks ago, that is all around keeping yourself, um, uh, taking ownership of the things that, matter to you, you know, holding yourself accountable. I think when it comes to cleaning or, or tidying or organization as a, as a general way, a lot of us deprioritize that and don't think of it as important as exercise, as journaling or meditation. But actually, I think Marie Kondo's really already convinced me just how important and beneficial taking that little bit of control over my stuff could be because of those negative, let's call them energies or distractions that I can certainly experience daily when it comes to clutter, when it comes to stuff getting in the way. Yeah. And I think that's, that's something that I've probably deprioritized um, unconsciously or maybe consciously actually, because I don't enjoy the active of, let's say, organization or tidying, I should say. But it, it, I think we're already making the case of how beneficial it might be just by releasing that anxiety and chaos that we were hearing in that second clip just then and what opportunities could come by having more of a mental um, uh, freedom. Yeah. <laughs> Totally, totally. So just a quick reminder, if you're really getting into this, obviously head over to moonshots.io. You can get our show notes and links there, and you can also get access to all the back catalog. You can become a member. I mean, there's so many good things to do there. But the good thing that we're going to do right now is we're going to unlock the five big lessons from her book about the life-changing magic of tidying. So sit back, 
Get ready to take it in. Here are the big five for Marie Kondo. Over the years, you've probably read countless books and articles on decluttering, getting organized, and living a more minimalist life. They've all helped in some way, but just like crash diets don't lead to lasting weight loss. The life-changing magic of tidying up is a different kind of self-help book. Here are five things why. 1. Why can't I keep my house in order? You'll learn that you're better off tidying in one fell swoop rather than tidying up a little and then rebounding. A complete decluttering session rather than sorting and storing things halfway is needed to change your mindset. 2. Finish discarding first. Do a complete purge of everything you own, evaluating each on the basis of whether it sparks joy for you or not. You have a relationship with every object you own, but if you don't need some of them in your life anymore, you can thank them for their service and get rid of them guilt-free. 3. Tidying by category works like magic. Instead of tidying by one room at a time, Kondo advises we tackle clutter by category instead. In the following order, Clothes, books, papers, miscellany, and then things with sentimental value. 4. Storing your things to make your life shine. This section is about storing the stuff you do decide to keep with respect, in the best way to see and appreciate them. Lifehacker readers will probably be familiar with the advice to file your clothes. 5. The magic of tidying dramatically transforms your life. The goal is to be surrounded only by the things you love or need and to be inspired by your professions rather than stressed out by them. Marie Kondo's book can help you in many ways. The one thing you'll hopefully get from this book is a desire to get rid of the things that don't make you happy. Mike, those are very practical, big tips right there. The thing that's standing out to me a lot is this idea of uh, keeping things with respect. And I quite like this concept of applying a level of, you know, respect and consideration with the stuff that's around me in my office and in my life. For example, those photo frames, these, these now infamous photo frames. <laughs> Do you uh, know there, there, are, there are literally tens of thousands of people around the world that now know about this. I so know, if that exactly. doesn't create the specter of accountability, yes. Mark, I don't I know, know what will. The first thing I'll have to do <laughs> after we publish the show, Mike, will have to be going into my, my shelves and getting rid of those, those photo frames. But, but I like the, what Snap Reads is, is doing for us there by calling out those big five lessons from Marie Kondo. The idea of keeping things with respect, i.e. respect your space, respect my space, what I've got around me. Is that item helpful? Is it beneficial? Is it inspiring me to do some good work? Because if it's not, then have enough respect for that item to move it out of the way, to get rid mm. of it, give it to goodwill or put it away. Is, is there something in your uh, house, you know, clothes, books, et cetera, that has a prominent space in your house that now that we start applying the, you know, Marie Kondo's method that you are now considering doesn't bring joy. It's not serving you, but has been, but you're guilty of it being sitting there for a long time. Forget the photo frames. Is there something else that around in your space that you're like, uh oh, our collection of shoes. 
How bad is it? Come on, how bad is it? It's bad. It's bad. <laughs> and 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 what's interesting is that this is partly because of living a active energetic life. So having different shoes for different occasions, but also we are victims of, you know, fast fashion and so yeah. on. Uh, and I think it's a good call out and a good reminder that just because you see something that you think you might want or like, and you'll benefit from, think about it twice, maybe leave the shop or close the browser and think about it. And if you still want to get that, let's say it's a pair of shoes, then maybe come back to it. But I've got, uh, and I've arranged them in a way that seems tidy to an out, an onlooker, but really a lot of these shoes haven't moved in a long time. Right. And really the benefit of getting rid of, or at least getting them either out of sight or giving them away to goodwill would relieve a lot of, uh, background mess. Yeah. Now mess that we won't necessarily interact with too much. You know, we're not tripping over them. They're in a part of the house that, you know, is out of the way, but the thing is they're still in sight. Mm. And I think that is the call out that we heard in one of our early clips around letting your eyes rest and letting your eyes be inspired. And if you've got stuff and clutter and shoes is a, is a very, I assume a very uh, substantial thing that a lot of us struggle with, you're, you're getting distracted by them. It's almost as bad as getting constant notifications on your phone, isn't it? What a great analogy. That's such a, that's such a great metaphor for, for what it is, Mark. I, I think you're absolutely right. I think if you put on your pragmatic hat, I think the big aha uh-huh she's offering us in the tidy up is the first of all, get rid of the old stuff, do it in categories rather than uh, rooms, mm. and don't start improving and reorganizing until you've done those things. I, I just kind of would have mashed it all up together, wouldn't you? Yes, absolutely. I, I, I would come at it like a bulldozer. Mm. But, but I think, you know, Marie's again, this idea of respect, how much respect Marie gives the house when she arrives, we heard in the first clip, mm. but also the call out that we just heard from snap reads, look at things with respect. I think that is being applied through those five tips we just heard about clearing up. You've got to come at it consciously, come at it when you're ready come at it and do it all in a big batch. Mm. Think about it categorically rather than like you and I would probably do, Mike, we'd come at it with a couple Charge of bags yeah. and say, right, do we need this? No, there's no structure to it. Yes. And I think that's, again, the, the call out from Condo here, be methodological, be focused and strategic about it because actually your brain will presumably be much more strict and notice things or patterns that you might have, you know, oh, this is another item I've saved for more than five years and haven't touched. By presumably breaking it down into categories, you're more likely to notice those type of items, you know, paperwork or shoes, Mm. whatever it Mm. might be. I think those are probably, that's probably an insight that I would certainly run into, which is I'm starting to see the same thing again and again, I, I can now do this much quicker and it becomes more efficient, like a, like an economy of scale. When, when do you think is a good time to incorporate this 
uh, you know, Marie Kondo method into our lives. Is this like a weekend thing or is it a Monday thing, once a month thing? How would you insert it into your kind of your habit system? Mm, for me, my system, my routine is very based on time blocking. So my weeks will generally have, uh, you know, allotted windows where I'll try and accomplish, you know, my exercise, my work, my reflection and so on. So I think the first thing that I will do after this, and actually I've, I've been scribbling notes, reminders, Mike and listeners so that I get rid of those photo frames and, and so on is block out that time dedicated. I would say probably on a weekend, I feel as though for me, it would be a daytime activity that I would need to dedicate myself to. So I'd need to free up some time, avoid distractions such as uh, office work or uh, jobs that I need to do during the day because what I'd probably be guilty of is beginning it and then stopping. So I break rule number one, mm. that cleaning of batches rather than tidying up all at one time. So I think dedicating a good few hours to this is probably what I would need to do. And I'd probably dedicate that maybe once a month feels ambitious, at least to get started. Yeah. So maybe it's more like once every couple of months or once a quarter. What about yeah. you? I would probably look at it like we would probably go at it about like, let's do books this weekend. Let's do clothes next weekend. Does that yes, make sense? Nice. Yeah. So categorize. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Definitely do that. And um, yeah. I And I wonder about the turn of season, whether that kind of um, might be a time where you force a little audit upon yourself. I think the big thing here is just not getting comfortable with the chaos and letting it slowly chip away at you. It's, it's mm. really about getting on top of it and, you know, not only creating a great uh, setup for your personal life, but also for your professional life. And um, the great news is that we've got now some thinking from Marie Kondo around creating a home workspace, which, you know, five years ago, many of us were not even thinking about this. So let's mm. dig into how you can create a home workspace. A lot of the journeys that I've had as an organizing tidying consultant has been in a very physical process, but I, I do feel that the non-physical is just as important. Now that we're sharing our space for so long, I think it's important that we're aware of each family member's partner's work schedule for the day so that we can complement each other, support each other, and align our priorities. It's something that I do with my husband as well. Uh, we like to take out a sketchbook and really write out what our priorities are, what our goals are. Right now, we're in the process of trying to make our environment spark the most joy as possible given the situation. So I think thinking about how we spend our time is an important aspect of tidying. One of the things that I recommend, especially when you're working in the same place that you're also living, is it's all about mindset. I like to have a ritual, whether it's meditation or chiming my tuning fork, that really allows me to kind of shift gear in my mind and let my body know that I am entering work mode. I think it's so important that we have a sense of calm in our hearts, especially now. So at the end of the day, try to focus on, try to appreciate what you did accomplish rather than what you failed to accomplish. I think ending each day with that feeling of gratitude contributes to a positive outlook for the next day. Oh, Mike, with the help of Marie's translator, we're really hearing some key moonshots 
insights in that clip, aren't we? Mm, really I mean, great. Go on. <laughs> what you what you see here is she's really explaining the new paradigm that we're living within where there's a lot more work from home, where personal and professional are all blending together. So we've got to work on it, don't we, Mark? Yeah, taking that ownership is something that we've run into on the show a lot. And we're hearing again, this time from Marie Kondo, the importance of setting goals, staying focused on the task or the tasks that you've got in, in mind, as well as the power of, you know, allocating time in order to go out and do those goals. What I really liked though, as well, Mike, which I think speaks to Marie's desire to bring this bit of joy, this bit of awareness to your organization was the fact that you should celebrate at the end of each um, effort as well. And again, mm. this is something that we we run into, you know, particularly with any uh, productivity or goal setting or um, efficiency shows that we've we've uncovered and discussed before, which is you've got to be aware and have gratitude of the things that you've done and the journey that you've been on rather than necessarily perhaps the destination. Sure, the tidy house is is going to be a great destination, but actually the truth is it, it's never going to end. It's not a project that you'll necessarily reach the end of and say, cool, well done, now we'll move on with our lives. This is something <laughs> that needs to be that routine, that habit that you revisit. Maybe it's every weekend, maybe it's every quarter. It's maybe a lifestyle, it's, it's, isn't it? Man? It's a lifestyle, exactly. The um, The interesting thing to build upon all of that is you start to see that creating these frames of reference of tidy, organized, allow you to become thoughtful, more collaborative with your partner. You hear Marie Kondo talking about how she works with her husband. This applies to a lot of us with family, friends, people we live with, people we work with. When you are on top of things, when you have time and space you can be very present. I mean, I almost go to the Eckhart Tolle, like you can be enjoying the power of the now because there's not all of these mm. things stealing your attention, pulling you left and right, be it in the digital workspace. Nothing like do not disturb, greatest invention ever, if you ask me. <laughs> um, and, um, you know, same thing for your home. So the parallels are very powerful there and, you know, joy is at the end of it. I think mm -hmm. what brought you and I some joy, Mark, was we had, we love it when our listeners and members send us feedback. You can do so uh, via email at hello at moonshots.io. You can chat at the, the Patreon members area or you can leave a review uh, at the Apple podcast app. And, Mark, did we get a cracker uh, just recently? We got an absolutely amazing review from a brand new uh, favorite of ours who has a pretty impressive username, Mike, from Daily Doughboy, who recently got into a brand new uh, job and role at work, specifically in the construction and engineering space, and was looking to learn a little bit more about Frank Lloyd Wright, a very famous American architect. And what was great for uh, Daily Doughboy is stumbling upon one of our episodes within the past 
catalog. And we're really pleased, Daily Doughboy, not only for you to uh, check out one of our previous shows, and we're so glad that you shared it and recommended it to your friends, but also that you took the time to go into uh, Apple Podcasts and leave us a rating as well as a review, because what's fantastic for us is to, you know, remember some of these shows that we've gone on in the past, but also it's great to see that we're getting such listeners uh, from around the world, you know, getting in touch and also enjoying the show, uh, no matter what year that they were recorded in. Absolutely. I mean, what is an important note here for all our listeners and members is that show was done in 2019 and you have the capacity to head over to moonshots.io and go through the entire backlog of 200 plus podcasts. I think we're up to like 19 master series. It's all there at moonshots.io. So jump in, listen to it. And if you're feeling if you're feeling the vibe, if you're feeling some Maricondo joy, you can leave us a rating or a review in Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or your app of choice. But this joy thing keeps coming back, Mark. So I feel like the only way for us to wrap up this show is to hear from the lady herself, Marie Kondo, and to hear about Joy. So to show me how to restore order, we called in for some expert help. And this isn't just any expert. I got a house call from a global phenomenon. Marie Kondo is on a crusade to get us organized. Her two books, Spark Joy and The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying Up, have sold more than 6 million copies worldwide. This Tokyo native has a cult following in not only Japan, but the U.S. too, proving no matter the language, her message is universal. And through an interpreter, she agreed to show me some tricks to make my everyday just a little easier. First, the purse purge. How important is it for women to declutter their bags, the thing that they carry around all day long? Kondo says decluttering your purse helps you know what you have and exactly where it is. With that in mind, we dig in and take everything out. That's Kondo's method, removing and analyzing everything to help you streamline. I'm ashamed. Now look at this. This is what I'm carrying around every day. She says sort through and only keep the things you need every day. Within minutes, my bag went from a messy catch-all to an orderly tote. It actually closes. <laughs> Next, she gave us a clinic on the right way to fold our clothes. YouTube videos of her folding have been viewed more than two million times. Kondo says she puts love into her palms as she folds. What is the thought behind putting love into your clothes and the joy and the happiness part of all of this? Organizing, she says, is all about taking care of your things and only surrounding yourself with things that spark joy in you, things that make you happy. Mike, I mean, again, we're hearing that lovely Marie Kondo passion and uh, adoration for making a difference in people's lives and this respect that she provides people's homes as well as the mm. items that they have. This is not a bulldozer approach. You're not coming into somebody's house and throwing out absolutely everything and starting from scratch. And I think that's that's one of the key things that I've learned while digging into Marie Kondo. It's the consideration and the conscious effort that I think she applies 
and he's asking us to apply to everything that we own. It reminds me, Mike, of the work or the, the, the strategy or the approach that we would do when approaching a project or anything at work. You would go in and you'd gather all the necessary information and you disregard the irrelevant stuff right? This project's going to be uh, technology focused. So I just need to focus on this. If I know that the project is o- Oculus, similar to yourself, mm-hmm. one sitting on the side, sitting on your speaker right now, then you're able to just focus on that and remove everything else. This is not something that, this is not a strategy that I have necessarily employed in my uh, personal organizational life. And, and I think this is a really big call out and a big reminder to me that my work approach will be methodological. It'll have a strategy to it. It'll be organized. But as soon as I step away from that and I realize, oh yeah, well, I don't employ that with my organization of my stuff, right. of my items. And fundamentally the items are the things that are bigger. They're taking up space. They're stopping me being able to have a house that feels airy or inspirational. And and I think it's just a really big moment for me as I reflect on what we've started to learn from Marie Kondo today. And that's applying the same strategic uh, focus that I would give uh, some data, some insights, uh, let's say it's interviews with customers or just feedback and applying it into something that I'm trying to create would be very, very focused and intentional. And if I can employ that to the stuff that I have, and that'll help me tidy up, get organized, put my house into order, I think it's going to fundamentally benefit how I go out and, and work as well as live my life. What are you, what are you um, feeling from that final clip from Marie, this idea of tidiness being about joy? So Mark, when I... When I think about where this joy is and where the examples are of this joy, I think we can explore two of the key things, cleaning up your your clothes and cleaning up your books. Now, if you clean up your wardrobe, one of the instant things I notice is, number one, geez, it feels good to, to pop down to a Goodwill shop and drop them a serious bag of good stuff, right? That just feels good. So you're off to a good start. Secondly, you can then come back organize things like my little thing is getting all the t-shirts like basically all the blacks grays whites and like the one or two colored ones that I have getting them all kind of sorted and then you know you're like oh I really love that t-shirt I don't wear that enough same thing for my pants shoes and my drawers and stuff like that I think that the the reason that I get a lot of joy from that is beyond the organizational thing is it enables me to get more in touch with the clothes that I want to wear, which I feel are a real expression of the person that I'm trying to be, the mood that I'm feeling. And let me try this on you. I think it's the same with books. When you organize your library and remind yourself, reintroduce yourself to some of your favorite books, you will often go, geez, I really want to reread that. That book was really instrumental. I'd love to return to that. I kind of forgot about that. Much in the same way you forgot about that favorite tea, you forget about that favorite book. So beyond the immediate tidy up benefit and that calmness, it becomes this space by which you can go, well, I want to read those books. You know, I love getting out my favorite architectural books um, and design books and putting them in the studio and opening them to a page 
And then sometimes in the morning, I will change the page so that over the course of a couple of weeks, I just have this really small little experience of like flicking through a design book and just opening it and leaving it on that page. This is a way to be more connected to the things that you love, to remind yourself of the things that really do matter so that they're not lost in the clutter. So I think this is what happens. Like when you do Marie Kondo, your library and your clothes, you can reintroduce yourself to the clothes that you love and look the way you want to look which makes you more confident. And in the same way with books, you can return to the books that really matter to you, that excite you, that you feel that contribute to your imagination. To me, that's really the upside of everything Marie Kondo is talking about. Yeah. Yeah, I I totally agree. And I think you've just made a really good case, Mike, for a, a consideration, which is to say that Marie Kondo is not necessarily calling us out to say, stop buying stuff. She's not saying live a minimalist life necessarily. Obviously everybody is, is different, but instead use your items, the things, your possessions to help inspire you and live that life that is valuable and enjoyable. And I think the, the example you just gave with the coffee table book, the design is a perfect one. If you've got those items what generally happens, you might put them away, you'll forget about them, but using them to inspire you, which is probably why you bought it in the first place, is exactly the the benefit that you're starting to see there, which I really like. And I, I think that example you've just shared is a great build upon what I think we've learned today from Murray Kondo about respect. You know, you've got that book, you want to respect it, you want to enjoy it and appreciate it. And in doing so, it is helping you be more creative, more insightful, maybe more um, aware of, of a particular problem or task that you're working on. And I think that that's a really, really important one. Whereas conversely, Mike, on the other side of the mic in my house, <laughs> I've got things that um, are probably taking up too much space that I could remove. And I'm doing them a disservice by you know, not using them. And instead, what I need to do is to either find a function or, or tidy away or give away. And I think that's really a, a, a stark change of direction versus what I think we might have, I might have assumed about this topic of bringing structure to my possessions and instead applying and understanding the value of this level of organization. I think it's really, it's really captured me actually, Mike. Well, I am delighted to hear that because like, I feel like I'm going back to to tidy school again <laughs> with yeah, you and all our <laughs> listeners and members. I, I, look, I, I would usually ask yourself, you know, the one topic that's going to get your consideration, mm. but I know it's your empty photo frames. So <laughs> <laughs> I don't need to ask what's happening next. I just yeah. know, but I, I am with you. It has been fantastic to delve into the world of Marie Kondo, to kick off our Japan series. It has truly been great to do it with you, Mark. And it has also been wonderful to do it with you, our members and listeners. So thank you to you. And this has really been just the start of something really fantastic here on show 214, Marie Kondo, the life-changing magic of tidying up. And I think that's not an overstatement at all. We started the show with Marie Kondo introducing herself and her mission to organize the world. Watch out, Google. Marie Kondo also revealed there, there are some simple ways to remove 
remove chaos, stress and anxiety from our space. In fact, one of the really interesting things that we learned, one of the five lessons was to discard before you start the tidy. Another one was to respect your workplace. And by doing that, you're respecting yourself. Do those things. And Marie Kondo tells us there is a path of joy ahead of us. We know that because when we learn out loud together, we really push ourselves to be the best version of ourselves. And in doing that hard work, in knowing that we're giving our all to the habits that matter, to do the things that matter, we know for sure that there will be joy there, not only with Marie Kondo, but here on the Moonshots podcast. Okay, that's a wrap.